to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. And welcome, everybody. This is the Man Up, Man Up Podcast number 145, and we're glad you're here. Where is here? Grab globe, <laughs> spin it around, bang, find Texas. Southeast corner of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland, And in parts all around Sugarland, that is where we are at. This is, we're doing it by the, our podcast virtually because of the well, you could call it Chinese virus, Wuhan virus, coronavirus, COVID-19, doesn't matter. What, it, what does matter is that we're all being safe, and we hope that you are too. We're keeping our social distancing and doing this, what we are commanded to do, the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast, we're doing it each individually remotely so just want to let you know we still have a full complement of fellas here uh we have uh our regulars the judge michael cropper the yep. deacon kyle trahan uh the gambler mr steve titch and professor robert koshu we are all dialed in and ready to go this is crisis time for the world and that's why we feel it is so important to do this particular podcast at this particular time because men, like it or not, you are looked upon as being a leader, being a leader in your family, a leader in your workplace, a leader in your church, a leader in your community, in your neighborhood. You're not always needed. But it is definitely in times of crisis that people are looking forward to you being a leader. So we're so glad that you take a moment out of your time to go ahead and join us for this podcast. We are on iHeartRadio. We're also on Apple Podcasts. We have all of our podcasts archived on SoundCloud. We're on Facebook at Man-Up, and we also have a website, which is at Man-UpSpiritualOasis.com. What we do here is we take an ABF lesson or, or your basic Sunday school lesson. We go through it. We put a man spin on it. We also kind of update it and talk about it and apply it to our lives. Great thing about having a panel like what we have here each of us are very different. My name is Bill Cox. I'm basically a salesman, a contractor kind of guy. I've been a writer and actor. I'm also the director of Man Up. But I am much different than each of the other fellas that we have on this panel. And so as you listen and get to know the guys, you might identify with one of them more than the other. We go through the, our ABF. We basically do a summary first. Then we read the scripture, and then we unpack it, kind of like taking layers from the onion and apply it to our lives. This is something that you won't get anywhere else. 
And that's why we do this weekly, and we're so glad that you are here. So just wanted to let you know that we use different texts, uh, and we're in the Connect 360. This is from Baptist Way Press. They put out some outstanding material, and we are going through miracles, the transforming power of Jesus. We happen to be in Lesson 3, so we essentially we just started this particular study, and and how appropriate. This particular lesson is Christ the Healer. And before I just could ramble on, I want to go ahead and invite in the panel and let them give a uh, introduce themselves and give a brief overview of this particular lesson. So I want to go ahead and uh, we'll start with uh, Mr. Steve Titch. Uh, well, thank you. Um, this is a great follow-on to last week's, which I listened to but was not present for. Uh, Jesus healed the leper, and then he goes, uh, continues a series of healings and miracles, and he is still healing in this chapter. And so it's so appropriate for what the world is going through right now. Uh, Again, we're, I guess we're continuing the idea of this healing touch of, Z, of Jesus. Excellent. Uh, Kyle Trahan, Mr. Peak, the deacon. You know, um, this one kind of has a, a bit of an extra meaning for myself today. Um, I, I was out and about, you know, um, I, I was very diligent to check with my clients before meeting them. So anybody listening here, I did have in homes, but uh, we did keep our distance while we were there. But I met with um, several people that have, or let me rephrase that, several people that could benefit from that healing touch of Jesus today. Um, one lady was a paraplegic, so she's been uh, paralyzed from the chest down since 1970. Um, you know, another lady, I don't know what her total affliction was, but, uh, very short legs turned in, um, met one of my clients in a hallway who is also paraplegic. And so, you know, when you read this lesson, it's like, you know, uh, I think I mentioned it last week that I, I would like to have this, uh, spiritual gift of healing because boy, I'd be a popular man right there today. And just being able like Jesus lay your hands on somebody and say, I will it to be done. Excellent, excellent. And uh, Judge Michael Cropper. Yes, uh, the the um, lesson, of course, that you've mentioned so far, uh, guys, is uh, is about the healing of a of a lady, and uh, Jesus' ministry is just phenomenal. And just a, a couple points about it, real quick, because I'm looking at the overall ministry, uh, folks. If you've been following him, he preaches. He preaches in such a way that he confounds the rabbis in his interpretation of the scripture. Uh, he also delights the people, the common man, when he speaks of who God will bless in his uh, sermons on the mount. Jesus also heals many people who are sick, and we will see this after we read the text. In fact, in the text when Bill reads this today, speaks about Jesus healing many, many people who are brought to him, and this includes casting out of demons. And uh, he also, his first miracle that's listed in Mark is, is casting out a demon while, after he's preaching in the synagogue. Jesus also raises the dead. And, of course, you know the other miracles he, he is, that are in the uh, New Testament, he feeds the 5,000. He also walks on water. 
But one thing I want to point out and take a moment after saying that is the author specifically points out that among Jesus' first miracles, of course, were the leper, which we mentioned last week. Uh, in between the leper and the woman, which we're going to read the text of today, is a Gentile, a centurion whose servant is ill, but we don't touch on that one. Uh, this Healing these three particular people is a great insult to the Jewish rabbis. Uh, a leper, number one, he touches him. You're not ever supposed to do that. Number one, you don't heal a Gentile. You heal God's chosen people, the Jews. And number three, a woman, woman is also con considered an inferior person. And the, the author makes a point to point that out to us regarding these matters. Um, anyway, last week we discussed, like Steve said, some of the details on leprosy and the similarities with what is happening in the world today to the coronavirus. So today's lesson is Christ the Healer, and I am looking forward to discussing it. Excellent. Uh, professor. Yeah, welcome to the self-isolated Koshu household. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we had the unfortunate experience. My younger son works for the XFL, so prayers for him. He'll be look he's looking for a job currently um, to kind of bide his two months that he's in between, and because he got exposed. So my company informed me that they would like it very much if, despite the fact we were working from home, that I would stay home for 14 days just to be certain <laughs> that I wow. would okay, just wow. yeah. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, and, and I, how apropos that we're talking about Christ the healer at this moment, at this time, at this specific instance. Um, Almost seems God-ordained. It, it really does. <laughs> um, well, it, it is one of those things that we have talked a lot about a lot of different things, and we haven't touched much on – we've done tons of David, but – we haven't really spoke much about this aspect of Christ and Christ performing miracles and in particular um, miracles of this. And just to, as a fun aside, I actually had a professor who had a huge gas of sarcasm in him and actually referred to this as a example of Jesus's comedy because he healed the mother-in-law. Great, great sarcastic professor and learned a lot about it, but I'm looking forward to it. And I, th I think we're going to have some real interesting parallels to what we're dealing with in the world today. Excellent. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and read the scripture. And this is uh, Matthew 8, 14 through 17. When Jesus came into Peter's home, he saw his mother-in-law lying sick in bed with a fever. He touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she got up and waited on him. When evening came, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were ill. This was to fulfill what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet. He himself took our infirmities and carried away our diseases." You know, when I think about this, I, I thought this this particular lesson had a great intro. And I just want to go ahead and just read a little bit of it, just to put this kind of thing in perspective for us. <clears throat> this particular author was talking about different people and different uh, issues. <clears throat> uh, and, and I just pick up where she said, Marcy is infertile because of endometriosis. Reagan and Sean both had pastors 
uh, battle ongoing depression. Travis survived a diving accident, but is now a paraplegic. Brenda mourns an abortion. Rob and Stacy regret being unfaithful to their spouses. Frank aches over his daughter's suicide. Kara lives in a drug rehab facility far away from her husband and children. Kyle and Christy long for freedom from alcoholism's hold. <clears throat> Our fallen world leaves scars on us. Only Jesus can touch and heal the wounds that it makes. And the thing about it is that I thought about, after reading that list, everybody has a number one problem. Of course, this particular virus at this moment has put that on the top of everybody's list of problems. It's causing the professor to be quarantined at home. It's causing his son to lose his job. Stores are shutting down. It's impacting everybody's life. It's, it's taken over as the number one problem. And I think at times we just, when we're in the middle of a crisis, one of the big parts of the crisis is we lose perspective. And that's what we're in right now. And I think we need to just step back and get a little bit of that perspective. Well, the interesting thing you mentioned there, Bill, is that right now everybody's buying and selling hand cleaner. I don't know if you read or, or saw, saw highlights this morning on one of the news channels, but a man went out as soon as this, this I, I guess the warnings in control of the nation went out a week ago. We went out and bought 18,000 bottles of hand cleaner or, or hand sanitizer. I don't know if any of y'all saw that, but, and then he was going to sell it on Amazon for a high price profiteering and Amazon shut him down the day after he tried to do that. He was going to sell his bottles from seven, seven to $70, 70, $60, something like that. And he went all over several cities to get these hand cleaners. So Amazon said, no, we're not going to let you do that. And they shut him down. So he stuck with all 18,000 bottles of his hand cleaner. So what is what am what am I getting? At? Well, it, 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 I think the virus, my perspective, looks like it's really carried through the air. Okay, just like like the flu. I don't know how many of us actually shake hands and then lick our hands, but but the, the point is, my dog does. <laughs> I I definitely your do. Your dog lick your hands. We, we touch our I face. I definitely I do. Mean, that's not not quite as graphic, but yeah, you touch your face. That's the thing. Yeah, exactly. So you rub yeah, your so, eye, you rub yeah, your eye, you pick your nose. <laughs> yeah, somehow or another. So anyway, uh, I, I, I... Steve, you just opened things. up too much. <laughs> I wasn't talking about my so did Bill. It was all hypothetical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, uh, yeah, a lot of it's... I, I really believe it's spread by the air, just like the flu. Um, you can spread it by a touch, like you guys are mentioning, if in fact you have it on your hands and you touch some food and you pick up the food and eat it. Uh, but I would think all of us more than likely would wash our hands. But but the the thing going back to, I guess, uh, the, the last week's lesson was a leper, that Jesus was not supposed to touch the leper. And he's not supposed to touch a woman who's got a fever. And he did. He broke the rules. If there were any rabbis that were in the house, uh, at Peter's right. house, whenever he walked in, and when he walked over and grabbed her hand and pulled her up and healed her, they would have just had a fit because you can't touch them. Did you use sanitizer? Did you buy your sanitizer, Jesus? Here you are touching uh, two direct contradictions to what they believe the law said, and that said, don't do these things. Don't touch the leper. Don't touch the woman who has a fever. 
So uh, Jesus was very interesting. He was quite often doing the things he was not supposed to do just to make them, I, I personally believe, to make the rabbis mad, which I find it uh, humorous-like. This, this is interesting because, Bill, you, 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 you looked at where the author went, the direction the author went, which was an interesting way to, to address the whole healing, the miracle of healing. There, there were people he described in those opening paragraphs that, whose lives had, had changed. They're, they're not going to go back to the way things were. Uh, the person who was, um, who was, it was in a wheelchair, who was, was, who was handicapped. Um, the person, um, even the person that the people going through a divorce or maybe they're going through marriage problems that may change. Um, what happens, and I think he talks about this, what happens when prayers aren't answered? And he makes a point that in this, in this particular reading we did, we are told that Jesus healed all who were ill, who came to him, or he, uh, he cast out demons from those who were possessed, which is another, another way we get into um, some no church answers here. But by extension, there are times, there are times in the Gospels where Jesus does not heal everybody. Uh, somebody who's lucky enough to be in, in reach. Uh, so this whole question of, well, you know, stuff happens. We're in a family podcast. Stuff happens. Yeah. Just like now. And, and you, you see on your social network, people are offering prayers. We had a National Day of Prayer Sunday. Uh, but nonetheless, many people are dying and are going to die as a result of this. Many people may uh, may have irreparable or um, in, uh, irreparable lung damage as a result of this, um, especially those of us who are over 60. Uh, it can be very damaging to the lungs. Um, not everybody is going to get cured out of this. And um, this, is, this is a reality here. Now, I'm, we, we can talk about this. Now, the, sometimes the Bible says... Uh, in, so I looked this up, Psalm 50, 15, call to me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you and you will honor me, uh, the psalm goes. Uh, there, are, there are all sorts of passages saying, you know, ask and, and you'll be healed. But clearly there are people who not only who will, who, who will die or who will have irreparable health damage, there are going to be people who have very tough economic damage. People who already, you know, who, who do not have work, who aren't bringing in a paycheck right now, simply because their their place of business is closed. Right. And this is well. Let's go to no church answers here. What do you say in this point? Where is the Lord? Where is where is Jesus now? Um, you know, he's definitely he's not he's not administering to his mother-in-law. In, in where do I go to get this healing? Um, because I'm in a bad way right now. Uh, this is someone could be there's someone saying that right now. Well, I, I could give you a little sage piece of advice that my dad used to say. Uh, <clears throat> things will work out, good or bad, it will always work out. Now, whether you like the way it works out or not, life 
will continue on and what you will do is <clears throat> you will not live if you're going to live bitter as opposed to what has happened to you if you live bitter you take you take your defeat with you whereas if you come to the lord and realize that you can make the best of it you can rise above whatever affliction that you've had always our days are going to end it's up to us to determine how we're going to live those days oh for sure you know uh, again I, I mentioned you know some of my day-to-day -day were uh interesting i'd forgotten about the uh the reference to the paraplegic in the the intro to this lesson uh that i i met with one lady and run into a hall in the hallway to another and he is a client of mine um you know that very thing but the the lady specifically today she was she was a joy um to be around uh, again this woman got into a car accident um didn't go into specifics of of what happened there um but uh, 1970, so she has been, you know, paralyzed from the chest down longer than I have been on this earth. Right. Wow. Uh, you know, and, and I said that, you know, you know, when I was sitting there and I, I mean, I cracked up a, a ton of She has not let that affliction burden her life and her mind, her soul, her, her, her essence, if you will. And she, she has just this wonderful aspect on life, uh, you know, and, and you look at her sitting there. I, I was with her for about two hours and uh, you, you sit there and watch her and, and the things she does. I mean, she got into her filing cabinet and got out some pieces of paper and handed them over to me. She can't open her hands. They're, they're just make a little fist like a light fist. That's what she's got. And that's all she has, you know, and, but, we, we talked about God, uh, and again, with all my clients, uh, they are mostly in that demographic that, you know, it, it's an older gen demographic, and, and so we talked about it, and she says, you know, I'm healthy, I've gone through all of this, and if it's my time to get coronavirus, if this is the thing, <laughs> and then she almost wanted to say, bring it on, you know, that... I'm able to accept it, take it, and, and uh, not even have to defeat it, but I, I'm willing to take whatever God throws at me next, I think is what I really felt from this woman, which from a paraplegic from 1970, that's pretty powerful, especially in this lesson today, uh, to me. Anyway, I hope the rest of, of everybody feels the same. Yeah, there, there's actually a quote attributed to General Thomas Stonewall Jackson uh, for the Confederacy, and he was he he was an ardent believer. He actually violated uh, the laws of Virginia where he lived and taught the Bible to slaves. So an ardent believer, and they asked him. He was known for being fearless on the battlefield, and one of his aides asked him, "You know, General, why are you so fearless?" And his answer was that, you know, my the Lord will call me when it's my time. I'm as safe on this battlefield as I am in my bed. And, and I literally think that's kind of the approach you've got to take it sometimes, especially when you're in peace with this, because 
we are in hugely uncertain times. Um, Steve commented, and I'm really glad he did, because I wanted to bring it up and make sure we mentioned it. Um, has many people that are going to get sick, as many people that are going to um, potentially die from this virus, the economic implications from this are going to reverberate throughout our economy and the world's economy for at least two years in my mind. At uh, least. Yeah. I've, I've, so Bill jokes about me being a trainer. Prior to being a trainer and from my first 17 years of training in my training career, I actually worked for a financial services company and worked for a financial services company in, during the 2008 um, financial crisis. And the crash and, there. Yeah. Mm. And because of all that, I did a lot of outside study and I see too many parallels care of the holy be jabbers out of me from it. But that's another conversation. But it's, it's recognizing this. And I do want to recommend on our Facebook page, I'll find a way to link it um, to our website. I'll look around, see if I can figure out how I can do that. But on our website, on our Facebook page, rather, and in our Twitter account today, I actually shared an article from um, Dave Ramsey that talked about what to do if you're missing paychecks. And anyone who listens to us that is, that is missing paychecks, I would highly, highly, highly encourage you to read it. He talks about building four walls around yourself, you know, four walls of, you know, things like focus on your food, your utilities, your shelter, and your transportation. Because you have to have all of those to be able to get done what you need to get done. So he's saying, you know, focus on those first as you're going through this. You know, this, this is going to be one of those we are in for the long haul, I think, um, both from a physical standpoint, as well as a um, economic standpoint. And this is going to be one of those, our faith is going to be tested. Um, God talks about putting us through the fire. And I think this is going to be one of those times where we're going to get put through the fire. Yeah, and uh, we're getting ready to take our hard break. But I just want to let everybody know that uh, it's not the dark tunnel like the bubonic plague or anything, because uh, before we go to the break, I just want to let everybody know that I saw a tweet from Tom Hanks that he's getting over it. And he was marooned on an island for, for four years. He landed a Boeing <laughs> in the Hudson. He saved Private Ryan and in Nam Lieutenant Dan. So if he can make it through, we can too. So we're going to go ahead and uh, take that commercial break, and we will be right back. Podcast, spiritual oasis for men. Just like any muscle, we feel the faith muscle must be exercised. And here we do it real authentic, the man up way. Not pastors, just regular guys, each on a unique spiritual journey. Thanks for joining us. Deep questions and discussions you won't hear anywhere else, especially in today's climate. Missed an episode? They are archived. Free for you to select on SoundCloud. We come to you 
from the Man Up Studios at Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Houston, Texas, in the United States. Have a question or comment, or want to book a speaker or group and have Man Up come to you? Contact us on our Facebook page, Kickmasters or WMA Cox at Comcast.net. And now, back to fellows of Man Up. And welcome. We're back. This is Man Up Podcast, Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys. This is podcast number 145. Hard to believe. And we are here. And here, being self-quarantined like uh, Professor is, we are doing this podcast, each of us remotely. And we're so glad that you chose to join us. And we're in a study about the miracles, the transforming powers of Jesus. And it's Christ the Healer where Jesus goes into Peter's home and heals his mother-in-law. And uh, we're here with the, with the panel, Michael Cropper. We call him the judge. He's an attorney. We're here with uh, Kyle Trahan, Mr. Pink, Deacon. Uh, Mr. Steve Titch, who's a policy writer and also a bit of a professional gambler. And uh, our resident intellectual, he's a corporate trainer and... Uh, we call him the professor. Robert Koshu is here. So what I pick up from the last comments you were you guys were talking about was, and, and Kyle especially, was the question we've asked so many times, and, and in fact, the, uh, the author of our lesson addresses this, and, and, and the question, why are some people healed and not others? And versus, and why are some people rescued and not others? For instance, Peter was rescued from the jail uh, but James was not back when they were preaching the gospel. And then, and of course, the other thing on our mind is why do some people get cancer and some do not? But the author does make a comment. Okay, yeah, I'll get back to that in just one moment. The author made a point here that's very similar to what Bill said, and I and that's why I brought up that question again and hit those points. In our book on page 42 on the second paragraph, the author says the work of the cross is far greater than any healing from any sickness. And then the other thing I want to refer to that, that Kyle brought up, comment on, was sometimes you won't get healed. So it's very important that you you have an attitude that still reflects God and, and your your faith in him, no matter what the circumstances are. And well, then, well they, hey, think about this. Lazarus didn't last, didn't live forever. No, he was right he on. was raised from the dead, but he still died ultimately. Yeah, right. But, you know, uh, but well, I, yeah, go in, ahead. In, uh, in that uh, in the book, it uh, it gave that case study where it talked about two very similar uh, couples that had children that had a uh, the same exact heart condition, and one after uh, what does it say after prayer vigil surgeries, repeated hospital visits, and therapies. Uh, the one is a 10 year old, uh, you know, running around having a normal life. Uh, the other one, same exact thing, prayer vigil surgeries, repeated hospital visits and therapy. And the young boy, uh, died in that instance at the age of eight. And so the question for the case study is, uh, how do you reconcile these contrasts in your life and faith? Both couples, uh, would consider, uh, and wonder why their children had the problem, and both would definitely wonder why their children either lived or died. Um, 
if it was asked to yourself, what would you say? Um, you know, I kind of, for that, to answer that, uh, when Susan Vinicor was going through her, I don't know, fourth bout of, of cancer, the last one was brain. It was not good. Um, but she, uh, much like the, the lady today, had a very interesting disposition on life. She always had a smile. It didn't matter how much the, the chemo was messing with her that day. She, she was always kind and sweet. And, you know, I can't say why in the world that she would have been put through that agony, except in my mind, it gives myself peace. Uh, when I think of a scenario like that is the joy that she had, maybe that nurse that was going, you know, her husband just left and there was Susan with this wonderful smile and going through all she was going through. And the nurse looks at her and says, wow, if she can go through all of that and still have a smile on her face, well, why can't I have it on mine? And so for me, it's, you know, sometimes it will be that question we have to ask God when we, you know, stand in front of him. Why specifically this one? You know, because it was close to you. Other than that, I take try to hold the, the broad spectrum of, you know, if it's me, hopefully I, I have the smile on my face to be a light during my trial. I think you, you like I said, the, the comment the author made was the work of the cross is far greater than any physical sickness. You can be a greater witness in, in your attitude, right, Kyle, like you say to us, when you are going through those hardships and you do reflect the love of Christ and you do try to honor him, even if you're sick or ill, whatever it is, uh, it is more important to keep the cross as the first place, whether you have to go through it and in fact, eventually die early. Like Bill said regarding Lazarus, he did die twice. Um, and the question there was not whether they died because we're all going to die, but rather, in fact, do we love the Lord and do we reflect it? And, and what do we portray or what do we reflect to other people around us, especially when we're going through our hardships? You want to know a true person's character. You look at him when he's down or when he's going through a trial. Absolutely. It's the legacy issue. Now, I've seen people and it was it was great that Kyle brought up that uh, case study with two people that have had children. Okay. Now <clears throat> the, <clears throat> I've seen people that have had children that had heart issues or going through cancer or everything. And they not only, they were bitter with God. They came in a shell around their child. They, they quit living to keep that child alive. And I've seen other people that have went through the grief period where their child has died and they've created a foundation. And through that child, they give hope to other parents that are going through the same issue. It just, it, it really comes down to what kind of legacy do you want that experience to leave? Well, to that's that how you do to that very point, we have, uh, there, there's a, a couple that I, I know um, live close to me anyway, 
that uh, they they had something traumatic. We we've never been able to figure it out. The people that uh, are involved with them, uh, something very traumatic. I think from the, what we can gather, they may have lost two kids at once. I'm not a hundred percent. Something very drastic. Okay. Um, they have taken the very other end of the spectrum of the legacy you were just mentioning there, Bill. Um, he's one of the meanest, nastiest men we know. And he has just let uh, a, a tragic scenario, uh, one that I, I can only, I, I don't even want to think it. I don't want to dream it. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't wish that upon anyone. But he has just allowed it to take every ounce of his soul and turn bitter. And that is the one thing that there are going to be trials in our lives, right? That is guaranteed somewhere in that book. I know, you know, uh, Steve could probably throw something at me of a, an actual. I, I can, I can, I can throw this at you and, 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 and no. <laughs> No, I knew he um, could. I knew he could. Seriously, I don't let it get bitter, though. Is if, it? And if go ahead, Steve. You're, if you're, you're not nowhere. Nowhere in the Bible really are you promised some sort of heaven on earth. And if you want to go completely in the other direction, I, I, I'll direct you to to Book of Job, uh, chapters. 39 through 42, uh, 38, I'm sorry, 38 through 41, three chapters, let me get the end, move everything back. Um, that, I mean, obviously, everybody's familiar with the idea of the book of Job being about a guy who's, who's really wondering why bad things happen to him, and he cries out to God, and God answers, not, not in the way that Job expects, but what, what, you, what the, these three chapters, um, God presents this view of creation. It is as far away from that Isaiah uh, 11 peaceable kingdom, the lion shall lay down the, the, with the lamb as they come. What you get in this is a picture that literally of creation that is terrifying. And God is saying, to Job and to extension to us, don't ever think you can control anything in this world. Um, but at the same time, I can. I can, I can give you a, a couple of verses here. Um, in, in, this, uh, in this section, he talks about the behemoth and the leviathan, which you could interpret as an elephant. It's either an elephant or a rhinoceros and a whale or a large sea creature. Um, he's talking about this, God is, to Job. Um, and he says, um, look at, this is, this is 40, Job 40, 15. I'll just read this section. Look at the behemoth, which I made along with you, and which feeds on grass like an ox. What strength he has in his loins, what power in the muscles of his belly. He can, his tail sways like cedar. His sinews, of, the sinews of his thighs are close-knit. His bones are tubes of bronze. His limbs like rods of iron. He ranks first among the works of God, yet his maker can approach him with a sword. And he goes on and does, says something similar about the Leviathan. And what you get is this, this 
idea, and, and this is the way I, I look at this book, and I don't, th I don't think I'm off base, that creation, the way God created the world, creation, the universe, he inserted randomness as part of the plan. Um, and he certainly, and, and, and we look at, at what we're dealing with, with right now in this world. This COVID-19 is going to touch just about everybody in some way or another. And we realize are, are coming up to the fact that here we are in the 21st century. Um, we really think, and I think, I think everybody at every, every population, every place in this world thought they had reached the highest point of civilized development at the time they lived. So here we are, we think we are, as a human race, we think we are really clever. We've got all sorts of technology. We've got all sorts of transportation. We've mastered a lot. And along comes this, and suddenly we see how vulnerable we are and how vulnerable all this is. Dave, you know the Greek word for that, right? Hubris. Hubris, yes. <laughs> um, and, 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 and so I, I, there are lessons, there are lessons in, in, in 3841 of Job um, that, that, that shows a creation that um, he almost says, he says pretty much to, to Job and, and to humanity in general, you're never going to control this, but I do. He, he says in, that, in, this, in, in 41, chapter 41, God makes it clear after explaining the, the wildness of the Leviathan and the behemoth, everything under heaven belongs to me. 41.13 Job. Everything under heaven belongs to me. So it's, yeah, it's darn scary out there. Better believe it. And the Bible says this. The Bible does not pull punches in this section that there are things out there that you humans will never get a, get a handle on. So it, it's human, and, and I kind of joked with Dave, it's human hubris to think that we're above it all and in it all because, as Steve said, God is in control. And he's in control of everything. And it really is our own human, and, and the word is hubris, but I'll, I'll call it a human arrogance to think that mm -hmm. we have even a minute little piece of this that we are somehow responsible for or in control when we think that because we've gone through so much, you know, as a people that we sit across um, that it's just ridiculous that we think these Well, we're getting down to the end of this particular podcast, and uh, I know this is a serious time, and, and we've really uh, taken a serious tone, and we, I absolutely know that, that worldwide, everybody is looking at this in a serious way, but I also want to encourage you men of faith to just step back, understand that you're a leader. And at times of leading, you, 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 need, you need to have a little bit of humanity and, and, and comfort with the people that, are you, that you are leading. And, and yes, you may be a little bit scared yourself. And myself, I'm in one of the high-risk groups because... I'm over 60. It's just kind of the way it is. 
but I'm not going to, I'm not going to let that ruin my positive outlook and I'm not going to poison my relationship with my family, with my coworkers and, and, and my day just by sitting and dwelling on it. That is not going to help. And you got to think about it. If this hits me, I, and it may, who knows? We're we're still in the in the upside of the bell curve. It hasn't flattened out yet. But understand this: we're we as men are still getting looked upon as leaders, and there's a difference between faith and hope. I hope it doesn't hit me, but I have faith that whatever happens to me, it will work out. It will work out for me. And it will work out for my family and the people that I lead. And with that, I want to go ahead and go around the, uh, I was going to say the room, but since we're each individually. In a room. Right. 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 And go around and get some final comments from each of the fellows. And I'm just going to go, uh, uh, I'm going to start. Uh, who's on the screen right next to me, the judge, Mr. Michael Cropper. Yeah, that's a, uh, we've talked a lot about the, um, uh, the why, why God heals and why he doesn't heal. And, and, and Steve brought up just a great, great example in the Bible referring to Job and the vastness that God presented to Job at the end of his, his many, many trials that he went through uh, because Satan wanted to test him and, and God allowed it. Um, the, the thing I have here again is, is, is in the end, I, I believe that God is saying, who are you to question me? Who are you to question me? Because his knowledge, his, his understanding and his creation and ability to create and, and control the universe is just so vast, we cannot comprehend it. And, I, and like I said, I appreciate Steve bringing that up to you. So who are we to question God? And, and once again, I want to leave the statement I made earlier. The work of the cross is far greater than any physical sickness, folks. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, it's important that you do kneel and you ask him to forgive your sins and ask him to come into your life and guide you. And that is, in fact, the greatest thing that's happened in my life. And, uh, I, and I encourage you to do that because, in fact, accepting Christ is, is the most important thing that you will experience in your life. Excellent. Uh, Deacon Kyle. Uh, you know, um, again, after my, my day here uh, with, with people that uh, Jesus would have encountered and would have healed walking around and doing his thing, maybe some were brought um, to him that afternoon. Um, in that day, we don't know what they consider demon possessed. We didn't touch much on that, uh, that other aspect where he was throwing out, uh, spirits and everything. Maybe we'll have an extra minute next week that, uh, we'll, we'll cycle back to that. But, um, you know, in my own sufferings, um, I know I'm not always the most cheerful person. I I'm not a good patient. Um, I know that about myself. Um, it's an unfortunate thing, you know, uh, that, uh, I don't get sick often. So with that being in mind, I just don't know how to deal with myself when I am. And I look at people like I encounter today that have a smile on their face 
and their day-to-day is nothing compared to what mine is. You know, I, I get up and get dressed and take my shower and hop around, and the lady has a crane over her bed that the person, that's what she used to move and roll around in her bed. She has to have somebody help her get out of it. You know, and so I think the full takeaway for myself in this day is, you know, it's how to take what God gives us and make the most of it. It's the lemonade out of the lemons. Excellent. Uh, Professor. Yeah, take, take time. Take some time. This is one of those times where life has stopped and... Find some time to reconnect. Um, I know Bill shared on our page. I shared on our page. Our church went virtual. So if you ever wondered what Sugarland Baptist Church is, now is the time to find out. Um, my family sat around our TV on YouTube, on our smart TV, and watched ourselves, watched our church service on Sunday morning um, from our living room. Really kind of an amazing feat. Bill, you guys technically, I know Bill's on our tech crew, did a fantastic job putting it together. Um, Look for resources when you're scared. The other thing I've seen, I'm part of our student group because I teach our students, and our students have been running around all day um, taking grocery orders for senior citizens that can't get out and run around and picking them up. So I'm going to brag on our students for a little bit. Our student minister, Katie Massat, put that together, and I'm, I'm sitting there watching the, the Facebook post, and parents and students are responding, I can handle that one, I can do that one. You know, and it's needs like I need some water. This person needs to get some things. Can somebody run and go get them? And people are responding back and saying, hey, I can do that. So they're willing to go and do it. And that's been amazing to watch. Excellent. And speaking of amazing, uh, this particular teleconference was put together by uh, Mr. Steve Titch. So we'll, we'll finish up with him. Thanks so much, Yay, Steve, Steve, for putting all this together. No, no, no problem. No problem. Hey, uh, one last thought, and, and I'm going to crib from our pastor who's, uh, who touched on, maybe more than touched on his sermon, uh, but talked about, uh, I think it's Jeremiah 29, um, uh, 29, 11, uh, that famous, uh, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Um, and it's, it's kind of like that, the, the Corinthians, the first Corinthians passage, uh, passage about love. It, it gets applied, gets applied almost in a hackneyed fashion, the Jeremiah thing to, to graduations, to birthdays, to that's going to be my baby's Bible, like Bible verse. Um, but if you look at the whole chapter, uh, that passage, which is a very hopeful passage, uh, is is in a letter that Jeremiah writes to the exiled uh, Israelites in Babylon, saying, "Hey, your captivity is going to last seventy years, so settle down, build some houses, uh, start to make a living, um, because you're going to be there sometime. Don't, you know, stay, stay as." Stay God's people, stay my people, or is, is, is he's fighting kind of as God would say. Um, but the but he says, I've got, basically God is saying, I've got everything at hand. Yeah, it's going to be a little different for a while. You're going to have to get accustomed to, you know, living under somebody else. 
but I'm going to deliver you. And he does um, in, in, 70 years later. So God works in his time. And that, that's a little cliched, but again, it's, it's, we, we see it in the Bible, and you're just going to have to trust that he's in charge. Um, no matter how your plans get screwed up, and everybody's plans have been screwed up. We know that. Um, and uh, so, so there we are. Um, we may have to hunker down. I hope it's not going to be 70 years, maybe 70 days. Uh, but um, we're, we're, hang on, settle down. And like I said, there's a, I like what you said. There's a difference between hope and faith. Have hope and keep the faith. Excellent. And I just want to just chime in just one, one final thought, like I said before. Good or bad, it will all work out. This is Man Up, Man Up Spiritual Oasis for men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys. And thank you so much for joining us. I want to encourage each and every one of you to find a local Bible-based church. And when it's okay to come out of your quarantine, go to that local <laughs> church. And go and participate and find an ABF, Adult Bible Fellowship, or Sunday School class at a small group so you can get in discussions, deep discussions like we have here. And find one that is men only. And if there isn't one, start one. This is Men Up. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. Contact us on Facebook under Man Dash Up. Post questions and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.